Hi, everyone. May peace be on you all and welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. I'm your host, Shayla, and I am back with another whole Muslim segment. And my guest today is Sabria Reese. How are you, Sabria? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. So, Sabria, I was like looking at, through your bio. You are a single mom of five kids in Philadelphia. You are the CEO of Daughters of the Dean. And you are a life coach. Tell yes. us a little bit about yourself and how did you how did you get here doing all of these things? Uh, well, uh, everything started about six years ago. Mm -hmm. I was married and I had just given birth to my fifth child. And everything seemed like, you know, it was okay. It wasn't great. I, my marriage wasn't the best. And um, I wouldn't, um, you know, in, in the States, you stay in a hospital for about two days, you come right. home. Right. So I came home and um, that night, you know, went to sleep, woke up, my husband went to work. So I thought and never came back. <gasps> oh uh, my so, gosh. Um, yeah, nothing, you know, major happened. Um, you know, no argument or, you know, um, he just, you know, so I want to make him have a good day. I said, you have a good day too. I'll see you tonight. Oh, wow. And never returned. So, you know. Um, that is a bad ghost, Sabria. That That's legit the, the worst kind of ghosting that could happen. Yes. Especially if you're already married. It's different. Like you're dating somebody and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but... <laughs> So um, it was really a traumatic um, experience. It was mm. very, it put, spurred me into a really bad depression because I mm. just couldn't figure out, you know, why and what happened. And by the time we actually got a chance to really speak about everything, it was like three months later mm -hmm. that I had the, the shock of it. I really believe the mental instability put me into a physical sickness mm. and i started getting sick like immediately like like right. a week you know my daughter right. got sick she had pneumonia she was in the hospital i have oh, i got wow. sick i was in the hospital and it just was like constant uh like this for four years just constantly oh, i was gosh. in and out of the hospital so in about three months in my father um was finally able to get in touch with him and you know it's like what's going on like he would respond every now and then about uh mm -hmm. you know i'm just going through something but like not like i'm leaving it's just like i'm just doing me type thing right and so by three months my father is like listen you know need to just give her a divorce in Islam. We say, you know, um, put her in Idda, you know, mm -hmm. pronounce divorce on her talaq and let her go her way, you go your way. Right. And um, so that's pretty much what happened. You know, he, mm -hmm. he tried to prolong it. And my father got the imam, the leaders involved in the community here in Philadelphia, and we got the divorce. Mm -hmm. And uh, four years of that, and at one day I'm in the hospital, and I just was like, you know, the doctors really couldn't find much wrong with me. Right. I did have some thyroid issues. I had to have mm -hmm. surgery. But other than that, it was really like a lot of the stress was mm. was breaking down my body. Right. So, you know, they could only treat that one thing, but not, you know, I had to deal with the emotional trauma. Right. And so. And you had five kids, Sabria. I had you have five to, You have to yes. take care of them little babies too. Right, I had a newborn baby, and then the next child after that, um, they're only uh, 15 months apart. So mm -hmm. I had like a 
one and a half year old, a newborn, and then um, uh, older children, but still, you know, right. needed me, you know, not right. like dependent. Right. So it was just a lot of stress on mm. on me. A lot of I lost my job around the same time, oh, so I, I didn't have an income. It was just everything. So many things happened. So when I finally, after about four years of this, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to keep doing this. I have to heal. Like I have mm. to, you know, get to a better place for myself, for my children, right. um, because the doctors will keep treating my symptoms but not me you know right, right. made a vow i just talked to Allah. i said you know talk to god and i just said if you get me through this because i really just thought i wasn't going to make it through like i'm like i'm going to die and mm. a part of me was okay with that because it's like mm. death meant i didn't have to deal with the reality of what was That's happening right. right and i didn't want any other woman to experience what i was experiencing Right. And that's where I kind of was in a lot of doing this work prior to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I stopped because I was married and just, you know, just life. But um, this time I was like, I'm not going to stop. Um, mm-hmm. I want to help other women. You know, I want to heal and myself and then help other women who are going through these experiences who may not have the resources. Like, I'm, alhamdulillah, I was educated. I had right. degrees. So I was able to go back in, in the workforce. Um, my family, you know, was involved as well in helping mm-hmm. me, my parents. So I've thought how many women who don't have anybody, you know, don't have help right. don't, or in a shelter or can't pick themselves up, you right. know, just lose hope and give up. Right. And that's where Doris of the Dean came in. And, and I said, I want to tell my story. Telling my story was just like my way of it was very therapeutic, you know, just putting pen to paper and then actually getting it published and it becoming a book. It just was very empowering to me to be able to tell that story that I made it through. Like, wow, you know, Um, and that's why that's, you know, how I got to where I'm at now. Mm. And if you could give like a brief synopsis of what was in Daughters of the Dean, I mean, was it just your story? And, And I think my my question is how did you pull yourself out of this because it's a very dark abyss yes. how does one find that i don't know uh, strength is the only word that that comes to me but it's hard yeah absolutely it was not easy um my children have seen me in my worst mm. <laughs> um you know a lot i cried a lot i cried a lot um but i would say the faith you know my faith mm-hmm. um carried me through because i know mm. as a muslim allah says he doesn't give us a burden greater than we can bear mm. and so if i'm if i was given this then it must be for a reason what is it that i'm supposed to get out of this and mm. he also promises that in my situation i was under oppression and right. that the one that's oppressed there's no barrier between their dua and reaching god that you will be responded to. So mm-hmm. I started, I turned all of my pain and my frustration and my anger um, into a prayer, you know, a dua mm-hmm. that, you know, did not only get me through this and my children through this, mm-hmm. but I will, I want all of what I was was taken from me I want it back and if I don't get it back in this life if I never reconcile with my um ex-husband now and you know he never comes back he never apologizes that on the day where I stand before the creator of the heavens and the earth Mm -hmm. that that was all I had to go through to have eternity with him you know Mm -hmm. that that's that one you know thing 
is what I went through to be able to live in Jannah, you know, mm. um, forever. Mm. And um, so that gave me hope, you know, right. that maybe that this difficult situation in this life, his life is so short and so temporary right. that that gave me hope that, you know, there's a good, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that some good can come from this for me and my children, but also that knowing that I could use my story to help other women, right. you know, was very empowering to me and it motivated, motivated me to push through um, and heal, you know, right. and part of that was um, going through therapy, you know, going through mm. counseling. Right. I myself had a life coach um, mm. that I went to, and that was more um, of an actionable thing where I wanted to achieve a goal. You know, right. I didn't want to just talk about how I felt. That was one thing, but mm. I also wanted to put action to it. Okay, this is how you feel. What are you going to do about it? How mm. are you going to transfer that energy into something positive? Right. And that's um, why I became a life coach myself, because I feel like it's one of the best ways to take emotion or a feeling and mm. turn it into an action. You know, mm. something that you can, you actually you know physically move into a direction instead of just having them in a feeling mm -hmm. we put the feeling into into action and that's the other thing i mean i've heard of life coaches i have friends who have life coaches i probably should ask them we're like what do you do how does this work <laughs> because it's just this is um for me it's such a new thing when i was like younger we didn't have life coaches at most yeah. you had a maybe a psychiatrist or a therapist or something of that sort. So you as a life coach, you gave some hints into what happens, but what do you do for the women who come come to you? So that's an excellent question. A lot of people think that a life coach is just a therapist. Mm. Um, and uh, it's in, some, in most cases it is, you are, you have the freedom and the space um, in a non-judgmental way to talk about how you feel. Right. The difference is what we do is set up, okay, what is it that you, where do you see yourself? All of my packages start at three months. So let's mm. say someone comes to me, you say you came to me and um, you, you, and you want in three months time span to be in a different place, wherever right. it, it may be, you know, I want a different job or mm. I want to be enrolled in school. You know, I want to be, um, love myself more. I'll deal with um, what I'm doing specifically is working with women who um, are working on loving themselves and oh, putting wow. themselves mm -hmm. um, first. And, and they've experienced some trauma, you know, right. whether it's a childhood trauma they're trying to overcome or in my, you know, like in similar to what I went through in a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about how you feel about it, and that's very valid, but mm -hmm. also now what steps can you take to move forward from that? So you're not stuck, right. you know, in that pain, you know, in that right. moment in time right. that you can push, you know, move forward. Um, so that's what, what, what I do. Mm. And I think that's like, that's incredible, especially as women. Um, traditionally, we have not been taught to do these things for ourselves Absolutely. or even like when in situations when there are that we're in trouble or we need help. We don't even know how to seek help and then move forward from it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, I think my other question is, do you just have Muslim women as clientele or do you have other women who come to you? Oh, I have um, not only Muslim women, I have mm -hmm. 
other women that are not Muslim as well. And that was something initially that I was a little bit afraid of because mm. a lot of my coaching when I first started was heavily based in faith, right. um, you know, in belief. And so right. I had to challenge myself to um, reach out, you know, not necessarily reach out, but be open to right. coaching women, you know, at the core of the, of what I do. This is one of the reasons why I love what I do. We're human, right. you know, we're human beings. And right. no matter what your belief is or your mm -hmm. faith is that I'm a woman, you're a woman and healing is a part of the human journey. Right. Um, so I think that was, that was for me, it was a lesson that I, I learned even within myself is to not limit myself only because of, of my belief, you mm -hmm. know, how, what I believe doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to service uh, someone else who doesn't have the same belief. Cause at the mm -hmm. end of the day, we are still human beings going through a life journey and mm -hmm. I, I can service you in that way. Right. Most definitely. What is the most difficult thing? about what you do as a life coach. Again, I'm just looking at, at it from the outside. I would not even know what the nitty gritty is that comes from it. So what is the, the hardest part of doing what you do? I think for me, the hardest part um, is the stories. You know, mm -hmm. I listen to women and I, when we hang up, um, I carry their pain with me. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult. Um, I have a friend of mine, um, who was also, well, she became a friend, but started off as a client. Mm -hmm. And she said that, like, how do you release these stories? You know, what is right. it, you know, that we, we were in a group call together and women were telling their stories um, and she was so emotional, you know, afterwards, mm -hmm. she's like, I'm really, really depressed. And I keep thinking about what they said and, you mm -hmm. know, it's affecting me. And I said, listen, right. you, you take the stories, you listen to the stories, but you do not consume it, um, as your, as a part of who you are, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, you keep it mentally, but you don't put it in your heart, that you know, you carry it with you. And it's hard. So that's why it's hard because I hang up and I'm like, oh, you know, I want to take uh, the woman. I want to take my clients to say, I'm just going to give you everything you need. You know, right. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm going to get you out of this situation. And right. we're, we're three years down the line. I just want to skip time and you can't. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, we, I grieve with them. You know, right. we have moments where we may cry together, you know, and right. I say, I know where you are. We let's relive this moment. You know, I remember, you know, feeling this way, or I remember being this, in this situation, but the power mm -hmm. is that I know that I can help them. You know, right. I know that you're all, this is just situational and that mm -hmm. in the future, very, you know, in the very near future, mm -hmm. you won't feel this way. You know, you mm -hmm. won't be in a situation. So that empowers me because I know that, you know, by, by, by God's will, I'm going to be able to help them. I think it would be harder if I didn't have this training and I'm listening to these stories and I have no way of right. helping them move forward. That's more difficult than being upset. I understand and I feel you, but guess what? We're going to do the steps to take you, to get you to this, where you want to be. Right. Right. And how are you with your family now? Like your kids are older now and they see you as a life coach. I mean, what do they feel about what you do and, you know, how you help other women? Uh, my children are 
is gives them a sense of pride because they Aww. have seen me, you know, transform right. and um, in a in a way a prelude to them to honor them in my book. I have named um, my chapters after them. Oh, and sweet. someone, um, um, a friend of mine that knows me, she read the book. She said, why did you put some of the chapters, you know, why did you name them? And I said, it was my way of honoring my children oh. because, you know, they were with me throughout this journey, you know, and it was, I wanted to be able to not only thank them, but show them that they were, I value them, you know, right. and their, and, and experience that, you know, that I essentially dragged them through, you know, that mm. they didn't have a choice. You know, they didn't, they were born. They right. didn't have a choice to, you know, come into the world. I brought them into the world. Right. So it was my way of, you know, honoring them. I'm very open uh, with them. We talk a lot about, you know, what has happened and, um, mm. you know, their, where their father is and, you know, how we feel about everything. I'm very open with them because I don't want them to feel like they don't have a voice um, mm. or they can't express how they feel in a safe environment and not be judged or, you know, get in trouble for it. Um, so um, I've, I know that they are very proud of my daughter wrote an essay. I think the title was called Who's Your Hero? And she said, Mom, I want you to read it. But she didn't tell me. Um, and it was she wrote about me, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm so I'm emotional. But um, I think it's, you know, I was really a part of why I was so sad at the beginning was because I didn't want to put them through. Right. you know this hardship however right. i do think i feel very strongly that um seeing this transformation shows them that in life you're going to go through things and it's not what you go through it's how you respond to it and bounce back from it you right. know because if we hadn't gone through this if i stayed married we would have gone through something else right. you know that's just the way life is you know there's ups and downs to life um so i wanted them to see that you know no matter what you go through that you can push forward, you can move on. It doesn't have to be defined who you are and you don't have to be beaten down from one life experience. Right, right. And if there was one piece of advice that you could give to any woman who's listening and watching right now, who does not know what to do with themselves or a very difficult life situation, that they're going through or have been through, what advice would you give them? I would say, first and foremost, put yourself first. Mm. You know, value who you are and that you do not have to go through this suffering. This is not what something that you deserve. A lot of women that are in abuse relationships, uh, whether it's abusive or toxic or just mm. they're not happy, they believe this is what they deserve. Mm. And that is the that couldn't be farthest from the truth. So, you know, value yourself. You are an amazing human being, even with your flaws. Mm. You know, you are you are worthy of love and a love that's healing and restorative, not painful. Mm. Secondly, I would tell them to live, to be in that moment and to feel. You know, allow yourself to feel. Do not feel bad for crying or being upset or angry. You know, a lot of times, especially when you're a mother, you don't want the children to see you upset, right, um, right. you know, but allow yourself to feel. And if, if it means you separate yourself from them for, you know, 15 minutes or go on a walk or when they drop them, you drop them off at school, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you have to feel because the only way to 
get on the other side of grief and trauma is to go through it. Mm. You know, if we don't go through it and feel it and experience it, you're not, that's not healing. You know, that's, just to I push think it. I think that's such an integral lesson that we don't realize we need to understand that unless we experience the grief, we'll never get over it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's fantastic. Like even that one bit of advice. But before I let you go, you have to tell us where we can find you online, um, on Instagram, social media, wherever that the people that women can get in touch with you for your life coaching and where they can find your books. Sure. So my book is entitled Crooked Rib Golden Soul um, by Sabria Bilal. That's my meaning name. Mm -hmm. It is on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. I'm um, looking for a copy so I can show, give you a visual. Sure. So this is um, the book, Cooked Rib, Golden Soul. It's on Amazon. Also, you can find me on Instagram as Bree Speaks. Mm -hmm. And if you want to register for any of my services, I offer free counseling. And um, before you go into a paid counseling session, I'll just make sure that we are a good fit. And my website is BriBriSpeaks.com. Mm, thank you so much, Sabria. It was wonderful having you and thank you. sharing you, you sharing all of your experiences. I think, again, as women, we, we still need a lot of self-healing as we Absolutely. move forward with our lives and you know, whatever we can find that helps us take those steps forward, whether it's be a through a therapist, through a life coach, I think it's integral. And it's integral what you do for women through your own experiences. Thank so you. thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for everybody who's listened to us or watched us on YouTube. Y'all take care of yourself and may peace be on you all. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.